Welcome to Totes Phase, the podcast game show where we battle to rank everything in the known universe. My four AA batteries are not included. I'm Brandon. Each one of my faves are sold separately and come with a pretend birth certificate and adoption papers. I'm Zara. I have more sides than a Rubik's Cube and more colors, too. I'm Deepu. I may not fidget and I may not spin, but you'll definitely be bored of me in a month. I'm Corey. Welcome, Corey. This is our special Hi. guest for today's episode. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. I've never met Corey, but you don't sound boring at all. I appreciate that. <laughs> I uh, when I when I wrote that intro, I was excited because I thought it was funny, and then I thought it was kind of sad. But I just stayed with it because I couldn't think of anything else. Oh no, sad and sad sounds like this podcast. Yeah, sad's a good way to win. Define what is a kid fad. So let's talk about what is a kid fad. Well, why don't we start with talking about what's not a kid fad? Because I asked Brandon if I could put masturbation down, and he said no. <laughs> so whatever the definition is, it can't that's include like masturbating. A passion, not a fad. That's not a, a passion. hobby. A that's, hobby. That's a way you find yourself. And that's a way you <laughs> define yourself as a child. But I think it also said that pod, not that not podcast fads uh, have to. Um, kind of go away at some point or else they're not really a fad because yeah. when something stays around for too long it's no longer a fad so masturbation it's been around since the beginning of of humanity well be beginning of chimp manity you know yeah. it's it's there can't be a fad. there to stay so <laughs> yeah. yeah so we just want to highlight the note that it has to be within like a limited window of time is it the best thing in the world that this was something that i was i was not confused about but i was trying to figure out what would be a fad? Because I thought like, were certain things just toys that I grew out of, or were there certain things that they came in and then they were gone? Or was it, you know, like kids kept playing with one thing. I just turned 10 years old and I forgot about it. You know, like, yeah, I, I used like there were certain of, things I was like, does every kid still play with this thing that I used to play with? And I thought it was a fad, but I just moved on. I think fads could come back. But I think they have to go dormant for a period to be a fad. Right. And I right. think everybody, they have to take over your school, your friend group by storm. It wasn't like right. the one rich friend who had power wheels. It's like, <laughs> so that, right. like imagine it would, it wouldn't everyone be like, had a power wheels. <laughs> right. It wouldn't be ping pong table in the basement as a fad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Only, only Bart had that. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm uh, throw another Bart's, qualifier in that, you know. Rich Bart. It has Worst to the be worst. something. So my brother is a, is an elementary school teacher, and so this uh, podcast episode came around because of the rise and fall of fidget spinners, and fidget spinners became illegal in his school because it became too, they became too much of a disruption. I think a good qualifier for fads is illegal they, in schools. They become illegal in schools. Yeah, I no, think, I that think, is, I think, I think that masturbation is, I think is back on the table then. There it is. <laughs> But but when when someone puts it on the table, that's when it becomes illegal. You get it off that table. You go home and play with your your ping pong table in the basement. All right, Stop so we masturbating got it. On the Here table. we go, guys. Let's get ready. Okay. Begin. Begin. Round one. Muscle versus beanie babies. All right. So this is one that I wondered if people would know about, and it. I I thought about this, and I think it is a fad. It was called muscle and it was muscle men 
But it was M period, U period, S period, C period, L period, E period. And what they were is they were these little pink figurines of these fighters. They were like wrestlers. And boys played with them from the years of 1986 to 1989. And they were super, super popular. And muscle stood for millions of unusual small creatures lurking everywhere. Uh, that's actually what muscle stood for. <laughs> and I was obsessed with these things. And so were like all the guys that I played with in the neighborhood growing up. But they were they were so dumb because you couldn't really play with them. They were You know, like those little green army men that are like a 50s toy. There's like a little plastic green army man. These things were like a pink version of that. And uh, so when you think about that, that's not classically masculine, I guess, um, in the sense that they were little pink fighters. But they were they were these like fighters that it grew out of a Japanese, uh, I guess it's manga, like Japanese cartoon, like anime. And they they started producing them. I did a lot of research on this today. Mattel got the rights to them, produced them in America. And you would buy them in these little it was like a little clear trash can. And then you would just dump them out. And you would fight with them. They had a ring you could buy, and it would be like a rock'em sock'em ring. And I, I, I guess like my argument for these were that oh, the other thing that's so crazy is they would have names like Oil Man, and Oil Man would just be made out of oil cans. Or they had a guy named Buffalo Man, and his strength was that he was a buffalo man. They were very literal, very literal. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about. Beanie Babies. Now, Beanie Babies, if you weren't alive in the 1990s, are small, plush, animal-shaped toys full of some sort of, of bean that was actually, if you were a mean person and ripped open your Beanie Baby, like small plastic beads. Um, <laughs> they, were, they came around in the 1990s um, from a, a company called Ty, which was founded by this um, man called Ty Werner. W- Warner. No relation to me, because he has an A in his name. Um, and uh, they became such a hit that in, um, by 1998, they had a $1.4 billion year <laughs> of selling small toys. Um, they s- came in at such a flash that people started to hoard them, thinking that they would become more valuable than money itself in the future. Um, and they were just such a a magical thing as a child because it did seem like you could go to college one day from your Beanie Babies collection. And I don't think any other fad has that temporal monetary value. <laughs> uh, and not even to get into the teeny beanies, which are a whole other place to get into. I could keep that for later. Th- that is Beanie Babies. Corey, I feel so good to know the name of those little pink guys because I definitely had one. They were kind of like the thing you would get in a gumball machine. I know like or in a supermarket. Um, And I definitely had one. It may have been the Buffalo Man. I think I responded to it because it was an animal in a way. Um, And I only had animal toys. Um, They like it's I love how it's an acronym. (laughs) 
Well, what's <laughs> were, funny were they is... also sort of fleshy? I'm trying to see if... Yes, I, they yeah, were they kind of weirdly like they fleshy. They were completely made of flesh. They were completely <laughs> yeah. made... Of, it was and almost like they were made that. of erasers. Yes. And then they were like... Had just eaten strawberries, but they were allergic to them, right? Like, they're yeah. very, like, yeah. swollen. Yes. Yeah, they definitely uh, needed an EpiPen. Were there WWF branded muscles eventually? There might have been. To be. There might have been wrestling branded ones later. That would make sense. They. It's funny you said that Zara though about them um, coming out of vending machines because originally where they they actually started from a Japanese company and they were only sold in vending machines in Japan. Oh yeah, that's when a they, big thing in Japan still. They're called yeah. Japan. Oh okay. Well there you go. There you I go. Know that. <laughs> uh, even more deep history on the muscle characters. <laughs> But when they came to America, they sold them in toy stores and in those little trash can things and in packages. But yeah, they they were definitely they look like they were made of some sort of like pink slime that had hardened. Mm-hmm. And apparently you can still buy some on eBay now. I think there's one. It's called the Satan Cross. And it's a guy who has four arms. And that was the name of his character. And I think he goes for like three thousand dollars on eBay. <laughs> So. so he actually is worth more than any Beanie Baby today. Is that true? <laughs> I think yeah, the princess I w- one still goes for a lot, right? The princess, I, but the princess. I was looking at Beanie like Babies, and they're yeah, they're not that much. No, Brandon. I was very surprised at how they couldn't put me through college. There was a time when Beanie Babies, they were, it was a craze. Like people were so into the skyrocketing value of them. So, you know, the, the most expensive Beanie Baby ever, I'm going to pull this up. I do, I do believe it's called Employee Bear. <laughs> sold for, you say, like a purple bear. He sold for $3,000. He's still worth $3,000. But wait, who's he an employee of? <laughs> His bad self. I'm just going <laughs> to guess maybe it was given to employees of Ty, maybe. That would make him really valuable. Because I had the Princess Diana bear. No, wait. No, I guess this is a question both for Corey and Brandon. Did you guys do anything with these or did they just sit on your shelf? Muscle <laughs> you know men. what I mean? Like, did you do something with them? No, you yeah. stacked them elegantly. We had a tub full of Beanie Babies. <laughs> a a yeah. bathtub full of no, Beanie Babies? Like babies tub, also like would end up in like tub. those <laughs> plastic acrylic cases. That's exactly where they were. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's right. They were like jewel cases for Beanie Babies. Oh, no, no. Muscle- I didn't have those. I just had a, a plastic tub. <laughs> okay. But it was did a similar clear. thing happen with these um, muscles? Like, did muscle- you just... Yes, muscle men, you would fight them. But you know how when kids fight figurines, they just kind of hold them and jump them up and down and bash them into each other? That's what you would do with these. And then if you had the muscle ring, which was a huge deal, if you had the ring, it's like a Rock'em Sock'em Robots ring. You put them in in their little holders, and then there's controls to make them ram into each other. And if you knock one out of their holder, that's how you win. Oh, I'm interested would. That's how they would wrestle. I'm I'm looking at one on eBay now. There, oh, value has dropped. I will say, <laughs> the Satan Cross. <laughs> I I don't know if this is this is number two thirty six Satan Cross. You can get it for seventy five bucks. Oh. Uh, it was listed in the Wikipedia article for three grand, but maybe the value has dropped still, significantly. Or something that you spent twenty five cents on. That's true. They cost a quarter when you first got them. They they <laughs> oh, are and a baby baby was fetching. more than that. All right, so we have to we have to decide, guys. Where are we leaning? Are we leaning the beanies or the muscles? I I'm leaning towards beanies just because that was a bigger part of my own personal childhood. <laughs> Looking and or thinking about these muscles is making me viscerally very uncomfortable. So I'm going to have to go with the beanie baby also. 
All right. I think we're done on the muscles then. I'm going to vote muscles because it was mine. And, yeah. and uh, But, you know. I... Magic 8 Ball versus Cat's Cradle. Oh, wait. Both of these are mine. <laughs> so, you know, earlier, as a little preface, um, I was saying I had something as an alternative that then got thrown in at the last moment. And I, I was on the fence about it um, because it was something that purely took over gir- little girls in my childhood. Um, it was girl exclusive, but in, I guess in the same way the muscle men were boy exclusive a little bit. But this is Cat's Cradle. So Cat's Cradle, it, the, the game, you know what? It's just a piece of string. Just your everyday shoelace or a little piece of rainbow yarn that you might find or borrow from your mom or grandma. And you would tie it in a knot, and so you would have a loop of string, and then you would play these very elaborate cat's cradle games with friends where you would just take weave the string in different ways to make different like weird shapes and it was kind of like the better at it that you became the more intricate the (laughs) woven shapes you could make like you could make pull the string into a witch's broom you could pull it into um oh what else oh normal cat's cradle this like x and things like that and it was just we would just spend all day moving like weaving the string and this is different later in later years i know those loom bracelets became popular with kids who grew up in sort of the 2000s and i feel like this was an early precursor to this this was just string that you wound in different ways and then it would just fall back into the loop it wasn't a permanent (laughs) weaving it was just playing with string like a bunch of old cats and so now the other one I have. Wait, I just have to quickly interrupt you, Sarah, yes. because I played with Cat's Cradle too. You did? So don't throw this gender bullshit on this podcast. Oh my God. I'm impressed. So I'm move impressed. On dot, move on dot com. I, I grew up with two sisters. I'm blaming your two older sisters. <laughs> but it was huge. And it like looking back on it, it was just a piece of string. <laughs> but there was something about like if you got a fun colored yarn, that would make it more entertaining. Anyways, moving on to, um, I had the other one in this round, which is um, Magic 8 Balls. And this was, I'd say, looking back on all the toys and the fads that I was into growing up, this was the one that I really had to beg my parents for and the one I wanted above all others. The rest of them were like like pieces of string. You can find a piece of string <laughs> to do Cat's Cradle. It's not something your mom has to go out and buy for you. And But a Magic 8 Ball was on every Christmas list, every birthday list i just wanted one so badly what it is is a it's a ball that first was invented in 1950 so it was started as um, something called a psycho seer it was a cylinder filled with blue alcohol and a 20-sided dice inside or die inside and then someone had the brilliant idea of taking that cylinder with the die inside of it and putting it inside a magic eight ball and making it a magic soothsaying eight ball um and and then it just took the world by storm. And for some reason it had, this must have been like 92, 93, I want to say it came back. But I don't know. I, th- I think it just goes through waves of popularity. Like this is a thing that's existed since the 50s. And here it comes again and disappears and then comes back again. Like it's a favorite of TV sets. Like it, I think it immediately is like, here's a child's bedroom. Here's a magic eight ball. That's a normal thing. Um <laughs> So, but I loved it. We played with it all the time. It was a huge thing. Like a bunch of my friends had them. And if you would go over to people's houses, it was around the same era. People were really into Ouija boards. And so it would be like, if you didn't have a Ouija board, you had a magic eight ball. And you could just ask 
who you would end up marrying and that kind of thing. I, well, I was going to say, I'm, I love that you said Cat's Cradle because I forgot. I don't know if I ever even knew that's what it was called, but I play with Cat's Cradle because it was a thing that it was primarily girls in the class and it, and it was in fourth grade, it was, or third grade or whatever. It was like a weird way to meet girls, I guess. It was like the first totally. Tinder. <laughs> it was like you would, the girls in the class would be playing with it and they would be like, do you want to do Cat's Cradle? But then they would <laughs> teach you how to do it. And I remember when I learned how to do it, it was, it was really cool. And there were different, you're right. It was like different tricks. You could yeah. learn, there were different levels of things you could learn to do with it. And you could build off of like the most basic one you would make like witch's broom and then you mm-hmm. would take it off your fingers. And so it had these little loops and then it would be like, grab a banana. And then it was a tree with bananas and you would grab the loop and the whole thing would disappear. And then yeah. that was a huge joke. Yeah. Um, yeah but that's nice. It, it did bring boys and girls together. <laughs> it really did. Cat's Cradle falls into this thing that I think where you can almost define children as their own like culture um, because I don't think Cat's Cradle is anything that you learn from an adult. It's one of the things that kids pass on to other kids. Or older it's sisters. part of the, yeah. the, ch- the children old, like oral tradition. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a childhood meme that just goes through and, uh, and everyone kind of knew about it. Yeah, like the fact that you, I, that's something that was in every school and I don't know who passed it on. It's not like it was on TV, but kids just knew how to do that. <laughs> but I don't, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here, but Corey, I'm going to go back to what you brought up in the beginning, Zara, which, which is that I don't think this is a fad. I think Cat's Cradle is this like continuous existing thing that's mm. been forever popular mm. and you may have just grown out of it. It's true. I just, it felt faddish to me because it took like third grade, fourth grade, it took over. Like it, you would just sit in recess and like do cat's cradle. And I, was, I still I, see like third graders <laughs> playing cat's cradle. Yes. You know? I agree with that. I can kind of see both sides of it and depending on how you define the fad, because I bet that there are third graders and fourth graders playing it now, but there is this weird thing with cat's cradle. And I'm sure a few other things where one day there was no cat's cradle. And for the next like eight months, all there was was cat's cradle and you didn't know it existed before. And it just took over everything. And you can't remember a time before cat's cradle. Exactly. Always knew cat's cradle. Yeah. Yeah, It just, it was part of your life. Yeah. You always wanted to play banana tree or whatever. Banana Banana one was a huge, like once you like the banana one, it was like a really big magic trick. That's like the David Blaine of cat's cradle. (laughs) There's no banana. Speaking of David, Blaine, where do we fall on Magic 8-Ball? Oh, good point. <laughs> good point. <laughs> I think it's, a, it's an iconic fad. And I love them. Because uh, you can play by yourself. You can play with friends. You don't have to make any decisions. It is a good way. I I think that I would probably use that to make an adult decision or two. Just in a way that you would be like, I don't know. But then you might actually weigh in on it. I like it. It's a kind of a lazy way to actually work. So that mean, like weird inky blue water that was in there. I like. I found that's one of my favorite colors. Oh, me too. I was just about to say that. It's, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, were you guys leaning? Both of these were my picks, so I could go either way. Oh, that's true. I think because of what Deepu said, I would lean towards Magic Eight Ball, just because I think Cat's Cradle is maybe something that's just. It's like a coming of age, a coming of age string game Ritual. for your hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like, um, I like Magic Eight Ball because I, I, th- I feel just running through. I think trying to think of 
where it came from and its history and everything. I think it is a good example of a fad that goes away and then keeps on coming back. Like I don't think it, I don't think it's something that does exist forever. I feel like it. It's had a couple bright moments when it was in vogue, and then it like went dormant. Like I don't know where it, you would buy one right now. I think it's in a dormant period. <laughs> oh, I Amazon. Think- I think Sorry. for my vote, I'll say ask again later. Whoa. <laughs> but I actually picked the eight ball. <laughs> am I, am I going to ask again later? I don't know. Seems promising. Oh, very good oh. follow up. Way to yes hey, and me, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Kind of surprise versus bop it. So I'm going to start off because that dumbass computer mispronounced mine. Uh, I had chosen Kinder Surprise. So um, for Zara knows this because she spent part of her time in Europe. But a Kinder Surprise is it? um, It's an egg shaped chocolate shell, and underneath this very thin layer of chocolate is a plastic container. Um, that looks like an egg, and then you can unscrew that plastic container, and there is a surprise toy in the middle. Um, so these originated in 1974 in Italy, and I think they were very popular back then, but I think just within the past five years, they've had this, two years even, they've had this monster resurgence where kids go freaking bananas over these of collecting Kinder Eggs and then seeing the toys inside because there's over 5,000 different toys inside of them. And I'll bite they're like really dumb, stupid toys. You are like getting really interesting toys and you don't know what they're going to be beforehand. The second reason I picked it is not only is in reality these Kinder Eggs are awesome, but is there this also this like second layer of internet meme that's just developed from Kinder Eggs where you can watch, I think predominantly just Asian women wearing gloves slowly opening Kinder Eggs while you hear all the like the crinkling noises and they just tell you what's inside of them. And I just looked one up on YouTube. I'm, I'm about to finish that the video called giant princess Kinder surprise eggs, Disney frozen Elsa, Anna, Minnie, Mickey, Play-Doh, Huevo, Suppresso has 287 million views right now. So people are crazy about not only eating these Kinder eggs, playing with the toys, but just watching them also. Okay. I'm going to talk about Bop It. Bop It is a game it's a handheld audio game produced by hasbro based on the concepts by dan klitzner who never knew that till today but that's on the wikipedia page but bop it is like this handheld plastic thing and it's got three commands on it and they speed up over time and it was i think it came out in 1996 maybe and it just says bop it and then it gives you a little bit of time and then it says, twist it and every time it makes a command you have to follow that command it's almost like the 80s game simon where you have to repeat a pattern but this one you have to do you have to follow an audio command and you, and each physical thing you have to do you either have to hit something twist something or pull something and it speeds up and it was like a great game that you would pass around in someone's basement or dorm room and it would drive you insane because it would get really fun, but there was always a moment when it would get really, really intense and someone would throw it when they lost and be like, come on! And, uh, and there have been subsequent versions of Bop It to come out. Uh, the original Bop It, I don't think they sell anymore, but they've had different Bop It's like Bop It Extreme. They had one that's shaped in like a steering wheel shape and it's got four or five things on there. They came out with a Bratz version, like the Bratz dolls called Bop It Bratz. Like a I sexy boppet. Like a sexy boppet with a giant head, but it's also a mini doll. Yeah. And you just have and, to like uh, punch it in the eye. Exactly. <laughs> and then it goes like, ooh. But uh 
<laughs> I don't stand behind that Bop It. I'm a Bop It original guy myself. But um, that's, I, that's my case for Bop It. I loved Bop It. Um, of course, it, it, it evolved in like the post-Simon game world because first there was simon where you had to follow like simon says with colors and then i bop it came out shortly after that and it just like it was like goodbye simon there's a new game in town something else to bop um, it's like they evolved the um what's that one where you hop on one leg and jump over that other thing skip it it was almost like a mix of skip it that's true simon it was like their fusion baby yeah that's true Skip it was yeah. so hard, and it hurts so hard. much. <laughs> what, what they must have been was an evolution of Skip it because they're like we have too many children going into emergency rooms. Yeah, that's possible because Skip it was just a way to hit yourself in the shin. Yeah, that's like yeah. all it was. It was like it was like Hasbro's shin bruise. That's it was really it that like ancient weapon, the one that's a ball on a string. You know the one like an ancient a, bol- a bolo. Um, no, like the one in that Quentin Tarantino movie where she comes out, the Japanese schoolgirl swinging yes. one. Yes. Oh, a mace. A mace. Thank yeah. you. Mace. You're right. It's yeah. a mace that goes around your ankle. No. Corey, can I follow up real quick? I, I just like you're missing Please. one fact about Bop It. Is there like a tenth of the internet and YouTube dedicated to watching videos of people <laughs> <laughs> uh, playing great... Bop It? Like, I can't remember if there's That's like, a great question. millions of people. <laughs> Are there I don't, millions I don't, of people watching people bop it. I don't know. That's a good question. I should look that up because I that's it the the research on Bop It was a little weird because uh it it they talked about they I think there's a lawsuit involved. I think this one guy it said based on the concepts of Dan Klitzner and <laughs> and then I guess Hasbro put those concepts into a product and then I think there was a lawsuit between them. I don't know how you just come up with the concepts of Bop It. And then <laughs> it was like his manifesto of like, this is what a Bop It would be. But uh, I, I don't know if I don't know if the uh, I imagine there's got to be tons of videos. You know what I bet there is, is I bet there's a lot of YouTubers doing like the Bop It challenge and right. they play Bop It. You know, how they just like play games together. I bet that's a big thing. I don't even think you got that. I was just trying to make a mind game where I was hyping Kinder Eggs and their large following on YouTube. <laughs> I totally you, didn't get you that. You just at washed all. over it. That's a, a good offense is a good defense. There you, go. <laughs> I just, you gave me the ball and I just ran with it. Yeah, I was trying to pivot to get more attention for my pick, but you didn't even let me. <laughs> well, I will say one thing that I think is interesting about Kinder Eggs is it, when you brought up Kinder Eggs, I was like, oh, those are still a thing. But I didn't realize that there's a resurgence of them happening now from when they originally started. Oh, yeah. My nephews are hypnotized by them. Like, that hypnotized. makes me so happy that it has another life. Because for me, so to, to go back to what Deepu was saying about Cat's Cradle, for me, Kinder Eggs was a way of life. Like, it was just, like, it's not a fad. I would probably go back to it. It was just such a great thing. And it was also, um, my dad traveled a lot. Before we moved to Germany, my dad traveled a lot for business and would bring back kinder eggs that was like the missing dad bribery item would be <laughs> kinder eggs so i have like a lot a lot of emotional value placed on them. <laughs> but i'm so glad that your nephews and children today also do maybe for different reasons <laughs> maybe they just like the toys completely tied into the youtube though yeah like, the the, YouTube those youtubes a- are scary have scary amounts of views and um they all have the most confusing titles possible because they're just trying to get all the tags in at once. That is true. And um, the whole time is you can't tell if it's erotic or not. Like, that's what's so discerning, like, about the, like, they're just opening the eggs, but there's something, like, that mimics sexual tension while you're watching you wearing it. wearing gloves. Yeah. 
Ooh, why is yeah, that seems I don't know. <laughs> this is the actual question. You're the scientist, Deepu. Uh, so what are we thinking? What's uh, what's the bigger fad? I really like Bop It. I, I'm going with Bop It again because Kinder Eggs for me are just life. Like it's not a fad. It's just like you'll be in, you'll dip back into them in yeah. another day. I think I made the mistake of picking the Kinder Egg and not the Kinder Egg YouTube video. Because I think the YouTube, I think That's Kinder Eggs point. are forever, and the That's YouTube a good video. Point. I, I don't think Kinder Eggs ever went away, but the YouTube yeah. video itself That's is a certainly huge a thing. bad. That's my bad. Well played, Corey. I'm, I'm looking at a YouTube video right now, and the title just says, "I got this surprise from a Kinder Egg," and then in brackets it just says, "Gross." <laughs> what is it? What is it? I don't know. What's what it, inside the Kinder? Well, egg? the video is 18 minutes long, so I don't know. I maybe it's a. Actual animal in there. <laughs> oh my god! A, it's a, like a, it's a, like a, a, a dead a, chocolate penis. A dead, <laughs> a dead, I got a dead chocolate penis from a Kinder Egg. Penis, <laughs> but that's that's worse. Oh, sorry, kids. Sorry, kids. I'm going to Germany again. Here's a dead chocolate penis and a Kinder Egg. Dad, come on. Tamagotchi versus no fear T-shirts. So I'll start. Um, back in the mid '90s, a um, Japanese worker at Bandai was watching tel- uh, named Aki uh, Meta. She was watching television and she saw pets on television and wanted a pet, but realized in her Japanese office lifestyle she couldn't own one. So she tried to figure out a pet that she could own, and <laughs> this is so. St- I mean, it's it's hard to not make it sound sad. She came up with virtual pets. Um, she gave the idea to a toy designer within Bandai, and they um, together figured out this origin story that aliens were that were made of ones and zeros. Digital aliens were sending down digital eggs um, onto Earth and putting them in plastic shells, <laughs> and then. Um, to like kind of prep them to be part of Earth, which I feel I'm saying this, it sounds like an, a Doctor Who plot for an alien invasion, but I swear it's not. They were just doing it for, for love. Uh, and Tamagotchi was born. Uh, Tamagotchi swept through my school in the 90s so hard and fast, um, and it made you know so many clones, which I think is another piece of a fad is when you have a lot of clones, they were... All, there were all sorts of different people trying to get on the Tamagotchi train. And I ask you, how many of these fads that we're talking about can die from pooping themselves? <laughs> That's what I ask you. I don't know. <laughs> I, you, I have too many, you have too many Kinder Eggs. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, it sounds like Tamagotchis are really centered about the fear of not being able to take care of a pet. Where the choice I selected, No Fear T-shirts, is about the opposite. <laughs> so No Fear was an American lifestyle brand that was created <laughs> in 1989. Um, it was very popular from, my guess, around like 1993 to 95. And then until their bankruptcy in 2011, they were still popular in Steubenville, Ohio. <laughs> so these shirts, um, they like, they taught me how to be a man. 
because they like highlighted the virtues of extreme sports um, or like existential meetings. So now normally I would use the rest of my time to continue to argue for a no fear t-shirt, but instead I just picked my five favorite quotes that you could see on a no fear t-shirt. And when this moves and wins to the second round, I'll describe the graphics that were on said t-shirts. So um, one of them says second place is the first loser. No fear. Bottom of the ninth, down by three, bases loaded, full count, two outs, no fear. Limits were made to be broken, no fear. He who dies with the most toys still dies, no fear. And if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space, no fear. I'm a little confused by the toys one. Um, <laughs> what kind of toys do you think? Like, is it is it because it's for kids or is it like... I know, I think it's like, you don't need your fishing poles and your guns, oh, guns and, and your bats and your big expensive cars because you're still gonna die some of them get existential that is very right? cool. so it's either it's either sports or existentialism <laughs> i did wonder about that one because i was like okay i get it but i'm like who wins in that scenario <laughs> I is it like i don't got nothing but i still got my bravery but you're yeah, dead yeah. With but your you're dead? we're all gonna die yeah. they expanded their concept to not just only be about sports <laughs> they were they were they were logic majors in college you yeah. know but they're also badasses totally yeah. Fifu, how come you picked um i'm interested to know why you picked no fear t-shirts over say life is good t-shirts or big dog t-shirts Ooh, big dog so life is <laughs> life is good is i think like a little not meant for children i think it's meant for like moms that like to hike Okay, good point, good point. Right, so I was really thinking about kids' fads. And I, I think, like, I know some adults wore these, but it was really, like, every guy in my middle school and third grade had at least one No Fear t-shirt in the mix. I also, I like that you pointed this out, and I never thought of it before, but No Fear was a lifestyle brand. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't just a t-shirt. It was a way of life. And it was. Like, because that's all the shirts are about. The shirts are about a way to live your life. You know what's First a way place to live loser. Having a pet that you have to check on. That's, well, <laughs> you know, I'd never thought about that today until I was researching some fads. And I didn't think about the fact that uh, there is a responsibility involved with Tamagotchi. It does teach it, you something. Slightly. What happens if it dies? Is it just dead? It's no. Well, it comes it, back to life next to next day. Dies Even if it has the most itself. toys, it still dies. No, no if, if, if you have to reboot it. It actually is when it died. You had to yeah. sort of get a get a um, paper clip. Yeah, and reboot it. And reboot uh, it. So it actually made you think about the moment. <laughs> yeah, and if you sad. were, and if you were like good enough and got it to evolve, because it would evolve. <laughs> Um, you could make them turn into different things. And depending on how well you took care of your pet, it, de- it evolved into better looking things. And I remember that was a very big that moment big deal, yeah. when your Tamagotchi evolved, which was another reason why they had to be banned from schools because, oh. you know, like it would be kids want, like, oh my God, my Tamagotchi's evolving. And it's like, Thomas, put that away. You're in the middle of social studies class. Right. Yeah. It's like, Thomas, if you're not the winner, you're the second place loser. <laughs> yeah. And one of the evolutions was basically a man's head with feet. Oh, and, and also one looked like a sperm. Yes. I remember one that. One did look like a sperm. The evolution was a sperm or it... Like it, the, uh, it, it's, it looks like a blob and then it transforms into... Into a sperm. A, a tadpole. Pixel, a tadpole. Okay. And it looks yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, 
they're teaching you about evolution, I guess. Also, they teach you about life. It teaches you about, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, Wait, I do think. Brandon, adult, you want to evoke a sense of life lessons? That's the argument you want to take. I know one. One of these is actually says life lessons all over them. <laughs> literally, <laughs> it does literally say. I w- Zara brought a big dog T-shirts. Another shirt that I was thinking of that was great was Big Johnson T-shirts. Do you guys remember those? They, yes, but those were like so risque. What they were, were they? So risque. They were T-shirts that they always had this nerdy guy on there, and it was a T-shirt company called the Big Johnson T-shirt oh, yeah. Company, and they had these innuendo slogans like it'd be like Big Johnson Fire Trucks. If it's real hot, you better bring a big hose. And it was like always oh. these it was always these innuendo things about having a large Johnson. That's so rude. It was very rude. <laughs> they very much I don't know if you guys have ever been to Myrtle Beach before. Ah, uh, that makes I grew sense up, now. <laughs> I grew up within driving distance to Myrtle Beach and there was like a big Johnson store there, I think. So. <laughs> there was another one um when I would go to Florida to visit my grandparents, there was one that was like let your lizard loose and it was like <laughs> <laughs> but it was iguanas. It was like Big Johnson but iguanas because it was Florida. <laughs> I that makes sense. When, I remember when I first moved to New York, Sobe, the the oh, drink yeah. company. They had a campaign because they the lizard was their uh, mascot, and they just had a campaign called Sobe Drain the Lizard, <laughs> which is so gross for a drink company. That's yeah, that's also like, very confusing. Like drink our thing so you can pee more, so you can just pee it out. I don't understand it. I know. Is this oh why man, all of these things are on the back of the T-shirt because you're too embarrassed to have them in the front. Yeah, these are back of T-shirt graphics. That's true. <laughs> it sounds like we really need to acknowledge that T-shirts can be fads, right? I I do think it could be a fad. I I am kind of wowed by the social responsibility of a Tamagotchi, and it is not surprising. Is it Japanese? Is oh, Bandai yes. Japanese? Oh, yes. It's not surprising that a Japanese toy inventor was like, we need to create a pet that's not a real pet to teach us about life, and we're gonna be and we're going to be emotionally attached to this thing. Yeah, as someone who lives in New York that can't own a dog, because I. You know, I don't know if I can keep the hours to do it. A Tamagotchi could maybe teach me a thing or two. Yeah, but I mean, the, I guess the problem is that the pet does follow you everywhere you go. Oh, God. Like, Get you can't, like, bring the Tamagotchi to, like, a daycare center, like a doggy gate daycare. I mean, you probably could. I just wonder the, what the reaction they would give you if you right. brought the Tamagotchi and the rate would be. What Would, the, would you get the full dog rate? or? <laughs> I bet nowadays, though, because they have those creepy people. Is it in South Korea? Or Singapore, mm. where they just play games for you. Like, you pay them oh, to, yes. like, play games to earn money within the game. Like, yes. they would probably have that for Tamagotchis now. Like a Tamagotchi sitter. Exactly. Oh, a nanny. A Tamanani. Yeah. <laughs> Tamanani. <laughs> Tamanani. <laughs> so, um, what, where are we landing? I am I am pretty in the middle on this one. I'm, I'm very sure. much... I don't have any fear to vote for no fear. <laughs> um, I guess I'm leaning Tamagotchi because for me that that feels more of a truer fad. Uh, but I love those t-shirts. <laughs> and Tamagotchis I, are annoying. <laughs> oh, man, Wait, I'm so I, confused where your vote's going. I know. <laughs> I feel like it changed I, in the moment. I, I gotta say, I think Tamagotchi... I think Tamagotchi is a very true fad and it's one of the it's one of the biggest fads when you think of kid fads. But I, I was won over by Deepu saying no fear. I was won over to 
believe that that is a fad. I didn't really think it was a fad until he talks about it, and it really is a fad. It is. So it's I like think I'm we gonna... can love the Avengers and the Fringe Festival, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can have both. <laughs> I'm gonna throw my weight behind No Fear. What okay. happened? Woo! I'll switch over to No Fear as well. All right. I'm sorry. I feel like Tamagot- Tamagotchi is one that I want to give an honorable mention to already. Oh. I'm pretty sure a No Fear t-shirt would tell you to never apologize. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> kill your pets. Yeah. Kill, your, kill your pets. Kill your pets. Round two. Slap bracelets versus Beanie Babies. Slap bracelets are exactly what they seem. They are a stainless steel band um, wrapped in fabric, and it was originally sold under the name Slap Wrap, and it was invented by a guy called um, Stuart Anders in 1983. And he was at home um, after college at his mom's house, and um, she had a sewing machine, a bunch of like pin cushions and things. And within that, she had one of those old-fashioned rolling tape measures. So same, you know what a slap bracelet is? It's the same exact mechanics. And so he thought, oh, that'd make a cool bracelet. And then... If you want to hear his full story, it is really, really interesting. And there's a podcast called The Startup, and it was their premiere episode this season. And it's amazing because it's really like ups and downs of being a toy inventor and seeing the industry, like the heartbreak and the loss that goes along with creating a thing that becomes a fad and then you're ripped off. And then you end up making no money because your thing is basically a stainless steel band <laughs> that anyone has access to and anyone can manufacture. And so that's what happened to this guy. It's just there were original ones called slap wraps, but then everyone made them. China made them. And the fad completely took off beyond the means of the guy who originally invented them. And they were the best. And as we talked, discussed earlier, the mark of a true fad is that it's banned in schools, which is indeed what happened to the slap bracelet. Um, and it was just the best. And I loved how they came in like neon. They were the like perfect 90s fashion accessory. The slap bracelet being banned at schools, I think, was also for safety reasons. I remember if a slap bracelet had... Um, if the broken, fabric fell off, yeah. It could really slice your wrist (laughs) in a very real way. There was like an urban legend that somebody from two towns down accidentally committed suicide while just like getting ready for a party. (laughs) Deepu, did did you live two towns down from me? Because you also heard that four towns down from you. Four towns down from us. (laughs) Yeah, there was a girl who did that. I also love that each one of them, they were like, all animal prints, but just in neon colors. It was like, right? like, it was like a neon friend. zebra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The colors like the- were amazing. Yeah, they were kind of like, do you guys remember Zubaz pants? Yes. Oh, yes. They were like the bracelets of Zubaz pants. <laughs> and then the cheap ones weren't Lycra. They were like, just not wrapping paper, but just like paper. You know what I mean? Brittle. They were brittle. Brittle. Those were the those were the worst, but the ones, the true ones with the lycra on top were amazing. I wouldn't let kids into my party that had the brittle ones. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Get out of here. We don't slap. root for your kind. What was the other one? I was so engaged with slap bracelets that I forgot. Beanie Babies. Oh. Beanie Babies. Uh, I think <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> People are into slap bracelets. I think I had a slap bracelet that I put around one of my beanie babies as a necklace. (laughs) (laughs) Slap bracelets were one of those things that seem 
it, it just makes sense that it's a piece of metal and that's how it slaps. But when you first felt that slap, I was blown away. I was like, I don't know how that just did that, but it felt yeah. like magic. It felt it really great. good. It felt very futuristic. <laughs> they do feel like kind of the precursor to fidget spinners in the sense that they were produced in another country, probably mostly illegally, and they just kind of made their way over here. Actually, no trade both, regulations involved. Both were um, like industrial things, like pieces of industrial, like mm. just extra <laughs> screws yeah. and bits of metal and things like that. That Oh, is that what a fidget spinner was? Was just yeah. leftovers? It's just like ball bearings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the particular, I forget what it's called because obviously I know nothing about tools, but they, it's a, um, it's ball bearings in this particular that wrench mm. thing is something I forget. Um, but yeah, it found another life as a child's fad. <laughs> um, but uh, was it this slap bracelet fad so strong that people sunk hundreds of thousands of dollars into it and not being hyperbolic? I found an article about peeny baby busts oh my where people had invested hundreds of thousands of dollars oh into gosh. them. It was like the dust bowl. <laughs> That's like, I would still have that. I have a friend whose dad, <laughs> he, when PT Cruisers came out, his dad. Well, I have a PT Cruiser. Well, you you have one or you had one? I have one. You so, have one. Yeah. So when it's when they came out, his dad was blown away by how much they were like an they weren't like any other car, and he was like, "These <laughs> things are going to be worth so much money." And his dad went out and bought two of them. Oh no! <laughs> but and he didn't drive them; he saved them so that they would like gain Lose value. value. <laughs> and then he just turned into any other car after that. I'm looking for a PT Cruiser at a pretty pretty good price. I can hook him up. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) If he wants a third. But I think that almost brings up a good point that that money-making side with Beanie Babies was something parents did. That wasn't, like, kids didn't do that. Yeah. That was like... Yeah, it was something all the kids (laughs) talked about. And I do remember I was... I think they came out when I was kind of middle school-ish age. And I remember, like, we liked them. I remember people liked them. You had them. I remember people would have them, like, hanging out of their backpack and stuff. Um, but the thing I think that really made them become a true fad was the McDonald's teeny beanies. Because I, I do remember that was... I don't think there's ever been a Happy Meal toy quite like that, where you get lines out of McDonald's. That's a pretty heavy fad if McDonald's is putting it in the Happy Meals. Yeah, and meaning like you couldn't get into the McDonald's. And I remember our McDonald's, I have this vivid memory, had a line for people that were buying Happy Meals and a line for people that were buying everything else. You're right. I mean, BD Babies doesn't like include the whole craze element. Nobody was like crazed over slap bracelets. (laughs) I was. I was was, like, I was just saying like. (laughs) Also, you could do similar to Cat's Cradle. You could do tricks you could, with them. Like, you could do tricks. You couldn't could see my tricks. wrists for years. They were always covered. <laughs> I loved them. <laughs> um, yeah, they were they were cool. But I do think there was a hysteria that came about with Beanie. It's weird. It's like two different things. Like there's the national hysteria, Beatles level hysteria with Beanie Babies. But slap bracelets do have this thing the same way that fidget spinners do where you don't really know where they came from and they just kind of appeared one day and they are manufactured somewhere and everybody has them. 
Yes, yeah, I'd be, I'd be, I really, I get slap bracelets. I'd be comfortable if if we went with slap bracelets. But I want to throw in one quote from this great New York Post article, which I've been getting a lot of this from. No such thing. Um, <laughs> great, great, great New York Post article doesn't exist. It is, it is good. It is good. Um, is that. Uh, some customers uh, ordered a hundred Happy Meals and asked the cashier to keep the food. So many calls came in that one store in Ohio had employees answer the phone with, Good morning, McDonald's. We have the moose and the lamb. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, as a burger? <laughs> I'll take a McMoose, please. Um, my grandmother was such a wonderful person that she would go to McDonald's and get a happy ma- meal every week and hoard oh. the beanies for us. Oh, that's, that's really, really nice. Sweet. For like a t- all summer. Like <laughs> she, she's like, I'll suffer. It's fine. But she loved it. <laughs> there, there's an article. It was in the onion or something like that recently that I saw that was like, it was like the day has arrived. All the beanie babies that are 20 years old now, all the spider eggs inside them will hatch. <laughs> and, and it's just a whole article that talks about watching a beanie baby start to move and then you just see tons of spiders crawl out of time. <laughs> that happened That happened two towns away. Two th- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Four towns away th- from me. It must have been four on the towns away. It was, it was five towns away from where that girl cut her head off with a slap bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> so what were we voting for? This is, this is another tough one. This is a very tough one. I I think I've got to go. Um, I got to go. Beanie Baby with this one. Oh. I think they're both great fads, but I, I think yeah. I got to go Beanie Baby. Zara, I'm sorry. I think I have to go Beanie Baby too because your grandma was so sweet. I know it's so. <laughs> she did it. <laughs> it's fine. There, there was a BB Baby Baby too. I'll get into that later. <laughs> Garbage Pale Kids versus Magic Eight Ball. Okay, so I'm gonna. I'm going to go in on Garbage Pail Kids. I think in terms of fads, this one was my number one and really got me. So if you don't know what Garbage Pail Kids were, they were trading cards made by the Topps Trading Card Company. Topps would make baseball cards and things like that. And they were a reaction to Cabbage Patch Kids. And they were cards with a sticker on them. And they would have a character, kind of like a Cabbage Patch Kid. And they would just be these artist rendition drawings from a guy who I learned today was a Pulitzer Prize-winning illustrationist. Uh, illustrator, that's what they're called. Ill- illustrationist? Illustrator. Um, Pulitzer Prize-winning named Art Spiegelman. And uh, he made these things, and they would be just kids, like, dying, melting down, like, all these horrible personalities. And they, and they had A-sides and B-sides. So there'd be one picture, and they'd have two different personalities on different cards. And they were essentially trading cards. That's all they were. But they, the names would be things like Up Chuck, and it would be like a cute kid throwing up like fish bones and stuff like that. There was a guy named Ray Decay, whose B-side was Dead Ted, and it was just a, a kid crawling out of a grave. Uh, Frying Brian, who was getting electrocuted. Um, there was another guy who's one of my favorite ones. His name is just Drunk Ken, but when you look at it together, it's Drunken. <laughs> Um, so it's like a different time where you can just make you it, drunk Ken, whose B side was booze and Bruce was a hobo and you can do that with kids in 1985, but true to the fads that we're talking about, they were banned in schools because they were such a distraction because kids would trade them and they were gross and offensive and stuff like that. And then they spawned a movie franchise and, um, 
And I think that they tried to reboot him a couple times. Um, I don't know what else I'm going to say about Magic 8-Balls because I'm almost willing to relinquish it for Garbage Pail Kids because I love them. <laughs> and they were so gross. And I had, They were so gross. Because I'm actually looking back because there was one that was sort of visually disturbing to me as a child, and that was Armpit Brit, which was like oh. a girl, like the little girl in a bikini with like crazy long yarn armpit hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's like horrible. <laughs> They're... There was another one. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. It's terrible. It's terrible. And she then the looks... acne Amy, the girl with braces and like zipped oh, over no. her face. There's it's... another one. There's another one called Clogged Dwayne and it's like Clogged Drain. And it's a little kid that's getting sucked down a drain and he hold, he's holding his arm out like trying not to get sucked down and he has a look of terror on his face. He's just getting sucked <laughs> down the drain. It's really sad. <laughs> Actually, there's another one called Under Arnie that is probably the the companion to uh armpit brit who armpit brit's b-side is shaggy aggie <laughs> yeah so i i found the one that i kind of it's stuck in my head would be inside out oscar who is a um oh yeah a skeleton who's wearing a human skin as a hoodie <laughs> um, yeah these were as boy as a boy of the 80s early 90s these were like uh worth like gold, and also they were stickers. Did you mention they were stickers? Yep, I mentioned they were stickers. Yeah. So you can you can you could put them on lunch boxes or your yeah, wall. Yeah, I don't remember or... people wanting to use the sticker on them, but I, I, it's 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 great that we didn't. It's interesting. I guess it kind of might be an age thing. We didn't include Cabbage Patch dolls, which probably are one of the the height of toy fads. Might be the yeah. crazy, the they craziest all... of all time. Yeah, they also <laughs> had this. Um, they also had this like Mad Magazine type animation, the drawing on them, so it was cartoony but gross. And like Zara mentioned this, but they were really gross. Like I'm looking at one right now. <laughs> I guess it's the sequel to uh, Shaggy Aggie. It's called Shorn Shauna or Armpit Brit, and it's her shaving her armpits, and the hair's coming off, but there's just a giant like flap of skin that she's just cutting with a razor. Oh, God, Drippy oh, Dan. God. Oh, Drippy They're Dan. so disgusting. Drippy Dan is, like, really making me feel disgusting. Yeah, oh, even God. now. Yeah. I miss the simpler days when we just played with a piece of string. I know. <laughs> the Are cat's you cradle. You voted I have a feeling <laughs> Garbage Pail Kids is going to win, but I'm just going to put my vote for the other thing because they gross me out. <laughs> I know they're I, so I, gross. I know. I feel like that could also be a vote for them, though, that they really... Uh, they really go for it in a way. Yeah, they don't, they're they don't committed. They, and also, I mean, I loved my Magic 8-Ball, but I treasured my Garbage Pail Kids. We, wouldn't, we were not allowed to bring those to school. They were just like in my, you know, he was like... We yeah. don't have many of the forbidden. We don't have many forbidden fads. This might be the only one I think that are like the really like because there were certain kid fads that you couldn't let your parents know that you had. Yeah. yeah. Well, took, some of us weren't allowed to put masturbation on the list. <laughs> <laughs> That's Wait, true. That a, is forbidden um, in certain places, even as an adult. One of the one of the cards is called Horsey Henry, and it's like a mutilated centaur boy, and oh, it's horrible. Man. There's another one I'm looking at now called Mosquito, and it's like a little bald kid who has a giant mosquito just sticking its its like 
whatever what's the end of what's a mosquito a beak what is it called oh but uh, it's just sucking blood out of his head and the kid is screaming i mean they're (laughs) that's like the only other time i've seen that is in starship troopers with uh (laughs) patrick harris (laughs) similar kind of humor i would say kind of similar humor yeah Uh, i think that um okay one more just because there's one called still jill it's just a shrunken head nailed to a wall (laughs) what is that (laughs) I'm going to use that an opportunity to um, call a vote. <laughs> After Shell Jill, I'm yeah. going to pivot to a vote. I switching to the Good garbage pill kids. Troll dolls versus Bop It. I'm going to take you back to 1959 when a Danish fisherman named uh, Thomas Dam couldn't conf- uh, afford a Christmas present for his daughter Leela. So he carved a wooden doll from his imagination <laughs> using Scandinavian folklore as a, uh, as a way to inspire him. Uh, and troll dolls were born um, because other children saw uh, Leela's troll doll in the village and wanted the troll doll. And he was making so many of these troll dolls that Thomas Dam formed a company called Dam Things, which I love. Uh, cause he, he was a funny guy and embraced the name that his, his name was Dam. Um, and they, so they began producing them at a plastic and by the mid sixties, they had reached to America and became a massive, a massive hit. Um, in fact, when the first woman to fly the Pacific, Betty Miller, uh, visited, um, the white house, uh, she brought her troll doll. Uh, so there's a photo with uh, JFK and a troll doll <laughs> that, that is not photoshopped. It is completely real. Uh, and it's funny, too. Uh, this is an interesting fad because it, they they exploded in the 60s. A bunch of counterfeits started to be made. And then they kind of fell out of favor. And then but the damn things never stopped making them. And then they had another explosion in the 90s, which I think was probably the baby boomers buying them for their their kids, which would be us. Um, And they, I don't know, they're just, I don't want to get, again, they're having this other explosion because of the, the troll movie, which I think... I have a lot of thoughts about, but I don't think it embraces the original look, which they, when you look at the original wooden ones, the plastic ones look a lot like them. Um, And I think there's just something about this hideous little troll doll that really just speaks to everybody. Um, And then I guess Bop It, I don't have a ton more to say about Bop It. I guess the other thing I would say about Bop It, though, is Bop It, to me, seemed like a fad that it, it it can encapsulate all ages like i remember playing bop it in college but i also remember playing it in high school and i think you could play in middle school like i i think bop it is something that you could kind of pick up at any time and the challenge is still there unlike simon which we said was a predecessor to bop it i think bop it can still be equally as fun and frustrating uh if you found one now i still don't stand behind the brats bop it though don't don't care <laughs> about the brats bop it don't ever want to see it um, and speaking of brats, I will say that the new trolls from the, like you were saying, the trolls movie, they remind me a little of brats a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the way that they look, they're a little sassier and just their, the eye, their eyes look more like brat stalls. And you want to hit them. I, I, I definitely want to <laughs> hit them. <laughs> just like those little, 
Just like those little hot cartoons. <laughs> Deepu, my question to you is when we visited you and, and um, your cute little nephews, they loved the, the, the troll movie theme. Do they know Just, the trolls? Uh, no, they just like the Justin Timberlake song. <laughs> that's 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 yeah. a lot of what's going on. I think. <laughs> I think the the movie is not even a thing. It's just that song. It was a vehicle I, for that song. That song. I agree with Deepu. That song is just a pure pop hit. That I think even Justin Timberlake was like, I don't really care about this, but I just have to do this. Like that song is. It's such a manufactured pop song, and at the same time, it just works so well. And you're right. It's, you could make a whole movie just off of that song. It doesn't have anything to do with trolls. <laughs> Brandon, I think you were right when you were saying that it's because of the baby boomers having the original trolls that we had trolls, because that was definitely true with my mom, because she had... Yeah. Oh, your mom had trolls. So she had yeah, my mom too. trolls that were actually a little more... They were cute, but like creepy looking, because they didn't have rainbow hair. They had brown hair, so they looked yes. a little oh. like... Like the original real ones thing. had sheep's was had sheep's um, wool. Uh, Ew. Yeah. Oh. Um, okay, they're a little well. squatter too, but they look very you know, when they when they relaunched them in the night when that when you know, when they became big in the nineties they slimmed them down a little bit and right. made their eyes a little bigger. I think they I I had no idea the deep history of the troll doll. That it was hand carved in the '60s by somebody, but that actually kind of makes me like it a little more. That it started from this one guy and involved into this like giant fad because it was a it was a big '80s fad. It was, it was huge. Like we had so many of the classic ones that were just in those little felt like yeah tunics. You, did you guys feel like the troll doll kind of snuck into like deadhead culture a little bit? Yeah, oh, I, I feel I like think kids it did. that were I think it was on like Deadhead shirts. Yeah, there was something on Deadhead shirts. The same with the Deadhead acid bears. I felt, I thought like Deadhead kids kind of were into troll yeah, dolls I, I too. The troll dolls, I think, and I think cause my parents, and I don't know because this doesn't correlate with Zara's mom, <laughs> but I think there was an alt culture to them. To me, they felt a little bit more like, um. I don't know. Maybe and they exploded. It might have been a little different, but there was a a, a bit of a, a crunchiness to them where they weren't like a fad fad. They were more like an alt fad. And then I think they just went. But crazy. in kids, they were like in every all those um, little gift shops that were so popular mm. in the '90s that so, sold mm. stationery and like yes. stickers, which was another huge oh, fad. Stores. Remember stores, guys? Remember I know. Remember <laughs> stores? Remember that's the, that's the, the fad stores. Remember stores. the fad of stores and commerce that happened <laughs> for the first seventeen hundred years of. We had like organized society. Favorite one of those called P.S. I Love You, which was a gift shop that sold like stickers and stationery and troll dolls, basically. Great name. And we would go there and just go crazy for trolls. <laughs> Ooh, like, so wow. what are we thinking? I uh, well, I can't vote because I, I have a uh, it and yes, between you two guys, oh. I'm not backing down on my troll dolls. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for trolls because I think. They're more stuck in a moment, and they feel more fad-like to me. Whereas Bop It, if a Bop It came up today, I would start playing with it. 
and, and I have this like vision of somebody's office desk having ten trolls lined up on it, and I can't like that image just screams fat in a way that I can't imagine like going into somebody's garage and seeing like ten boppets on a shelf. If that doesn't like something doesn't feel as fatty. Hogs <laughs> versus no fear. Oh no, I'm against myself. So pogs were probably the um, fad that I most partook in that I've heard of today. So these was a game that was also known as milk caps. And there are these very small little cylinders made out of cardboard, I think, that was laminated. And then you had this very heavy thing that was a slammer. So people would come in with their own pogs. You'd mix them all up and then you'd stack them in a pile. And then you'd take your slammer and you'd hit it as hard as you can against the top of the pile. And whatever pogs flipped over... You either got points for them, or if you played, like, for keepsies, you got to keep those pogs. So it was, like, simultaneously this game and this thing that you would collect um, and have your own collection of um, pogs. So the reason I like them, for two reasons. One uh, is why I like it, and one that I think it's a huge fad craze, is that similar to the um, Beanie Babies uh, this got so popular that a bunch of companies and corporations actually started to generate their own pogs. So like Coke, American Airlines, Nintendo, McDonald's, they're all making their own pogs to like contribute to this like limited amount of time where everybody wanted one. But the other reason why I liked it, and I think this will sit well with you, Brendan, is that like, I don't know, in second grade, there was like two groups of people in our school, the ones that played sports and then the ones that like read comic books and played Magic the Gathering. And then all of a sudden, Pogs emerged and it was this like space where we could finally be friends with each other. Right, like this new thing <laughs> happened that like the jocks could talk to the nerds because everybody loves pogs. Um, so in terms of like an all-reaching fad, I think it hit that note also. Yeah, but no, the, the jocking jer- jerky kids still would have the slammers that were like ninja stars that would like hurt your pogs. And I yeah. hated those kids. Which is a nice <laughs> transition to no fear T-shirts. So uh, that's true. You're the, the, gonna play the, play to win. <laughs> And the note for the, just another note on the note fear t-shirts. I read all the quotes last time. Now I'm just going to tell you what was on those said shirts. Oh, uh, the first one had a skull. Another one had just a set of angry eyes that were cartoon eyes. Um, one had a baseball bat. Another one had a spider. And the other one was just full of U.S. propaganda. So I think that's all the information the three of you need to, <laughs> to, to I was- make a choice. So bad at pogs. I don't think I was ever told how to play pogs. I was just given some pogs by a relative and then just like collected them the way I would collect stickers, which is just to like have them. (laughs) Oh, so you didn't play. You just collected. I just liked the little colorful discs and I tried to. it's, It's very hard. It is. I will say that the official pogs were much better to play with. All of the other copy pogs were like not as easy to flip. Because they're just something... tiny or something. Like there were. Two... No, I think the re- the real pog ones had was just a better material. Um, I don't know. I I I, I liked the game. I would p- still play that game. I thought it was a really fun game, and I think there's probably a, a unique like. You know, like in the movie Contagion or any of those movies where you see like the the bacteria, the map when the bacteria is spreading through the United States. <laughs> I feel like that happened with Pog and it happened from um, the west to the east. 
from Hawaii. Oh, it's from Hawaii. From Hawaii. And it hit the West Coast faster. And I think Pog only had about a, a three to four month to five month uh, span in a school before it fizzled out. Yeah, and Pogs came and went very fast. Pogs came and went. on the. When I was talking to someone that grew up on the West Coast, and we were trying to line up dates, and Pogs had came and went like a full year before it had reached the East Coast on the oh. West Coast. And... I remember I was one of the few times I was ahead of the curve a little bit because my family, I think we went to a fair out in Pennsylvania and they were had a, a tent where they were selling pogs and showing you how to play it. And I brought them back to my school. And I remember I was one of the... F- the one or two the first people in the school that had them and then they spread. So there definitely was a an, in- an interesting like uh, a- outbreak of pogs <laughs> throughout the country. Um, but you know what they say, <clears throat> he who dies with the most toys still dies. And I think that includes pogs. No fear. <laughs> <laughs> no fear. No fear. I, I, I think pogs is a, is a better. I do think pogs is a fad. It, pogs is like a fads fad. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it's not cool. It, it's not fun. <laughs> And it died out quick, but for some reason, it was all kids could think about for like three months. And like, I, I had this other memory of, like, I remember a, a mom picking someone up from school and bringing the kids pogs because you weren't allowed to have them in school. And like, this kid had so many pogs, the pog tube was like the size of the mother. Like it was that big. <laughs> and like you only needed what, like twenty was it twenty pogs or something in a stack? Yeah, to the play? most tubes were the size of a flashlight. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. yeah, I mean it is a fad's fad. It, it pogs are the kind of thing that if if you have them like if there's a boppet left around now or a magic eight ball or even some troll dolls, you could like put them on your desk at work. If you got a bunch of pogs left around, what are you gonna do with them? <laughs> yeah. I sort of like, have the idea that like Zara didn't even like them, but she still like had to collect I like them. I like color. <laughs> <laughs> I probably had some Garfield ones and I was like, yes. <laughs> if you have a no fear shirt around now, like you could, I'm sure there's a lot of normcore people wearing no fear shirts around, like yeah, that. But but although I'm looking, are at, completely I'm looking at some of these slogans, and I feel like they could be co-opted by the wrong people. Yes. So let's go for pogs. For America's sake, let's go for pogs. No fear also seems like a CrossFit kind of thing now. Like it seems like it's just true. Into a CrossFit theology. <laughs> oh, maybe yeah. it'll come back like Zima. Yeah. <laughs> oh shoot! I should have picked Zima. Zima would have been. I don't know if Z- Zima. Zima is like a bad kids fan. Bad kids fan. I want to p- put something in the uh, show notes for Sheila, but um, our intern. But I found a uh, no fear slammer. Oh, <laughs> a no fear fusion. pop slammer. Yeah. Fusion alert! <laughs> All right, let's push Pogs through. Pogs are pushing through. <laughs> Flip those pogs. Round three. Beanie Babies versus Garbage Pail Kids. This is like a good versus evil. This is a tough one. <laughs> this is the cuddliest versus things that still gross us out as adults. Which, the fact that Garbage Pail Kids grosses out as adults makes me think they really did their job. Now we are, we are in the position of the parents that would be buying them for the kids and not knowing if we like them or not. That's what they were supposed to do. Yeah. 
And it I took just my really, mom a long time to get on board. I just also really don't want Beanie Babies to win. I don't like something very guttural and <laughs> like not fact based. Like if I just went with my heart, I'm like, oh fuck you, Beanie. I mean, frack farts you, Beanie Babies. The Beanie Babies were. It's like they were co opted. Like they were just <laughs> taken. Like the purity of a dumb, useless stuffed animal was taken away by monetizing it. And then they even published. There used to be because I think I had one. One of those books where it was brokers like, books, brokers right? Books like values of each of the beanies. Oh, like yeah, baseball yeah. cards, kind. Yeah, of. yeah it's gross. Yeah. By, by 1997, a poll found that 64 percent of Americans owned at least one Beanie Baby. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm voting for the garbage pill kids. That means adults <laughs> were doing up. Let's not forget it was kid fads, right? No adults yeah. allowed. <laughs> <laughs> the garbage pill kids, I, I'm still blown away by the fact that I, the artist was a Pulitzer Prize winning artist. He so is. it's almost like he Who's just the, went. Is it the guy he, who he, said mouse? Is it that Archbeagle then? Uh, maybe he did a thing called wacky packages and garbage candy. Those are two of his other creations. Wow. <laughs> wait, is it is it Art Spiegelman? Oh, wait, is it mouse? It is Art Spiegelman. It is. <laughs> so oh is my this... god, it is! It's his notable works on Wikipedia are mouse and garbage pail kids. Now, if for those of us that don't know mouse, Zara. Can you describe Mouse? Mouse is a, a story of the Holocaust as told through mice and cats. And it's, it did win the Pulitzer. But <laughs> who, it does, um, I don't know. The sense of humor does connect, though, I think. Who right? were the Nazis? The, the cats. Oh. <laughs> um, I knew well. the answer to that. I just wanted you to I, say it. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so this That's, is a no-brainer, right? Yeah. This is a no-brainer. I uh, think it's garbage pill kids. Troll dolls versus pogs. Oh. Oh. Troll dolls versus pogs. This is another hard one. Is this the oh. is this the semifinal? This is uh, yeah. This will go on to be the, the in the final battle. I, this Can is I? hard because now now I think we're getting into these are real fads, uh, but I don't like pogs. After our after our conversation, I just realized I don't like them at all. <laughs> and and I I don't really care about troll dolls, but there's they have a rich history from that guy that carved them, so I feel more on their side. Can I just I, throw out one just one whisper of an argument, which is that let's remind ourselves that the the title of this episode is Kid Fads, right? Kid Kid Fads, like no room for adults. Oh, so because yeah, we're adults, trolls. we can't make up our mind about them? No, <laughs> no, like, <laughs> trolls were, like, equally loved by adults and children. No, no. no. I mean, yeah. No, think about that office trolls, desk. There's, like, an office desk full of trolls, right? No, I, I, no, I, I can, no adult I can, played with a, a pog once. I can, ima- I, I can easily see bedrooms of my friends packed with trolls. Do you also remember those seasonal trolls, like trolls that look like clowns and trolls that look like Santa? Because they and Halloween trolls, they started yeah, I, like. And I remember my aunt that had all of those. I don't because I'm not white, and Indian people didn't collect trolls. But if I was white, I can remember my aunt that had all of those. <laughs> That's all my aunt had. <laughs> See. <laughs> See? <laughs> 
Yeah. White people pop. be buying trolls. <laughs> all they do. I mean, white people there's, do really like There's trolls. this incredible, I mean, this incredible like innocence trolls. to Justin the Timberlake. trolls. There's like an innocence to the trolls. I love trolls. Um, to speak highly of them, uh, when Brandon was home in London with me one Christmas, uh, we found the tub with some of the trolls in it that we were giving to the charity shop. Not that they'd want it, but we saved one of the trolls, a Santa troll, so that he could be displayed at Christmas time. <laughs> And he still appealed to this day. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know what other arguments to make. Just that I did think it was very interesting that we found a no fear slammer for Pogs. I wonder <laughs> if there's a troll slammer oh, that exists. There's oh, got to be there a troll is. slammer. Because those two are at the height at, together. I mean, this is these are these were fully at their height at the same time. I mean, yeah, yeah no, no. This is this is we we like really narrowed in. I think we're not doing kids fads. We we're just doing fads when we were kids because <laughs> it's really hitting right at this time. But I think we just got to really think which one is the better kids fad, and then vote with our hearts. That's Again, a, that's for a me, really, it was trolls just because I didn't know how to play pogs, and when I tried to play, it was frustrating to me. <laughs> I never, oh man, this is tough. I never played Pogs. I never, I never played Pogs. I never got into them. And like I said earlier, I don't like them. I don't know why. This <laughs> real thing where I don't like them. Uh, but I do see them in the kids' world the same way we're talking about. And I see troll, but I, I remember trolls being in a lot of, uh, a lot of like kids' stores. Yeah, trolls are your friends. They're like they're always they're <laughs> your only friend. You. Well, I do. You know what? I I'll, I'm gonna go trolls because I remember little girls. Like I remember girls when I was growing up would get hairbrushes for the trolls, and they would. Oh brush yeah, their they hair. were stupid. They like, were, were stu- really little. <laughs> I had that okay. That's fair, but maybe we need to get some more Pacific Islanders as guests on this podcast. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> I also just found, uh, also going to go into the show notes, uh, Troll Pogs as well. Oh, there good. Are, oh, good. Troll Thank pogs. So I'll pretend I'm still winning. <laughs> All right. So final round. Final round. Garbage Pale Kids versus Trolls. Oh, they're both so ugly. Oh, man. It's true. Really... They are equally ugly. We pick yeah. really ugly things. I mean, kids love ugly things, you know? Kids do love ugly kids things. Kids love ugly things. Yeah. I think they're cool. Should we just count to five and I'll shout out our answers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, 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 let's try that, Deepu. Go ahead. Uh, okay, yeah. I'll count to five. After I say one, just shout out what your heart is feeling. Okay, do we all have our answers ready? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Garbage Garbage kids. Oh, Zara, did you say anything? Garbage pill kids. Oh, I think we had three garbage pill kids and one sad troll. Garbage pill kids were cool. Yeah, I do think garbage pill kids had this cool subversive thing that, as a kid, you it was like you were you were being the bad kid with something fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I understand it. I, I I love them. I had a collection. Um, they also, I think, were the beginning of a whole realm of like trading. Uh, trading cards are something that's a part of every kid's 
well, used to be a part of every kid's life. But I think the Garbage Pail Kids like kickstarted a whole bunch of like naughty ones that you weren't that you weren't allowed to show the adults, kind of thing. Like, I think that was an interesting thing about them. They kind of kickstarted a whole new thing. Um, so I'm fine if it's Garbage Pail Kids. I get it. Just just think of all the trolls. Just think of all the trolls, and you yeah. wronged all of them. Well, speaking of the Trolls movie, I I did hear that there is a possible Garbage Kids movie, Garbage Pail Kids movie reboot in the future. Well, the original one's awful. The original one is so bad. There's a huge projectile vomiting scene where they one of the Garbage Pail Kids covers another kid in vomit. It's a terrible movie. Yeah. Well, once it comes out, we'll have you back on to rate the five grossest Garbage Pail Kids. I'll be totally into that. I'll be totally into that. We can do a live watching of the actual Garbage (laughs) Kids movie for the podcast. (laughs) It'll be horrible. It'll be horrible, and we'll have to have a vomit bucket. All right. Battle complete, which means the Tote Faves Kid Fads are... Number five, Bop It. Number four, Beanie Babies. Number three, Pogs. Number two, Trolls. And number one, Garbage Pail Kids. The Men's Fave of the Week segment. And now, like we do at the end of every show, we're going to go through and announce our favorite things of the week. Mine's really boring this week, but two weeks ago, I sprained my ankle playing softball in a game we lost 29 to zero. Uh, that's what happens when you have a bunch of comedians on a softball team <laughs> together. Uh, but I discovered this new thing called KT tape, uh, which stands for kinesiology tape. And it's this alternative to an ace bandage that are just these very thin pieces of stretchy tape and you watch YouTube videos and you can like wrap your ankle with them and they're light as a feather and stiff as a board. Like it's like the most like carefree way to have your ankle wrapped and it does just as good as like a giant air cast. So I'm like plugging this um, physical physical therapy based medical intervention. This is the second time in the last couple episodes we've had someone plug like a old man medicine thing. <laughs> oh no, this is more like what rock climbers in Colorado use. Because right, Scott plugged, I believe, uh, what was it? Uh, like Ben Gay. Right? Oh, Icy, Icy High. High. Yeah, <laughs> I guess like 30s are the new 60s. <laughs> <laughs> and like our bodies are all falling apart or the water in Pittsburgh is making people's bones weak. Yeah. New York's not plugging any uh, medicinal creams. Um, Zara, what's your favorite of the week, girl? Um, mine is something Brandon and I enjoyed together, which is the show on stars called American Gods um, based on the Neil Gaiman book, which neither of us had read brandon's now reading it we both just started the book after finishing the show you should have read the book first it's so good we're both starting it now but the show was so good number one because of our girl jillian anderson of x-files fame was in it and she's playing um the goddess media sort of and so she only appears as different um celebrity like tv and film stars and so just and music music stars and so just to see jillian anderson as david bowie makes the show worth watching so and that's not out. in the book it's also it, like a big time boner alert it's only a portion of the book so so far so i mean yeah and it's diverges quite a bit from the book, from one of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it just flushes out more. I don't think it diverges a ton. It just adds a lot in a good way. I think Neil Gaiman's even said that they're Brian Fuller's doing a really good, good job. Yeah, it just it loses a lot of the subtlety in the book that it like couldn't be that subtle and be a TV show. 
Um, but there's but something like really say, beautiful about mythology in the book that's like played lighter. It's beautiful. It's by Brian Fuller of X2 fame. <laughs> and it's um, it's just amazing. It's about what the, the lives of the gods in America, the ancient gods versus the new gods of media and technology and internet and things like that. Um, and it has Ian McShane in it. If you love Deadwood, he's the best. Um, he plays... One of the main characters, um, not to spoil anything, but yeah, it's so good. And we were both, I think, taken aback about how much we enjoyed it. It's cinematically gorgeous. It's so I'm not cool. slamming. The show's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, the book's also very good. So Brandon, what about you? Uh, mine is something that hasn't, doesn't totally exist yet, but it's the fact that Doctor Who announced that the next Doctor is going to be a female. Uh a which i think is just the greatest thing ever um i've wanted this as a big fan of doctor who i my doctor who love i try to not mention i think i mentioned once in this podcast but it's something i have to stop myself from mentioning constantly because it's my favorite thing it's my totes fave one or two uh of life um but they picked jodie whittaker who's from the show Broadchurch, who is an incredible actress um on that show and um because the showrunner is from Broadchurch, it's another thing that you haven't watched yet you have to watch Broadchurch at least season one it's such an amazing bit of television um and i just can't wait to see how this, this happens i just i just love the fact that it's like annoying broy nerdy idiots online it's just wonderful. Twenty seventeen's been a bad time for some for, for progressive people, and the fact that we got this win, it gave me something to hold on to. I was thinking today too. The last doctor, the last female doctor that I can think of outside of Grey's Anatomy would be Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. That's the last main one. There's probably <laughs> been tons of other ones, but that's the first thing that popped into my head. Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. Yeah, it's good to see a, a, a no matter what, it's it's great to see a strong um female character. Yeah, like Mindy um, and the Mindy Project. There you go. That's another one. There you go. Good <laughs> job. I never watched man. that show, but you're right, totally. I've never seen that. That does have a woman in it though. It does have a woman that wrote, produced, <laughs> wrote and directed, produced. and created the show. Yeah. <laughs> she was a physician. She Girl power. All right, Corey, what are, you, what are you obsessed with this week? Uh, mine is something that I just found out about today, and it is an album called Planetarium. And it is a collaborative project between Sufjan Stevens, a guy named Bryce Dessner that plays in The National, uh, so a guy named James McAllister that plays drums, and then a guy named Nico Muley, who went to Juilliard and a bunch of other schools, and he's this like, amazing classical musician, but... It's it's such a Sufjan Stevens sounding project. It's a huge orchestral album completely about the solar system. So I'm going to read off some track listings for you. Track one, Neptune. Track two, Jupiter. Track three, Halley's Comet. Track four, Venus. Track five, Uranus or Uranus uh, and so on. It's all just songs about planets and the sun. But it's really, really, really good. It's almost like good kind of sleeping music kind of stuff. Now, and, Corey, uh, we are destined to be friends, even though I haven't met you, because I yeah. picked that as my favorite of the week two weeks or two episodes ago. Did you ago. really? Yeah, because no, it's a gorgeous I, album. It is a gorgeous I'm, album. I think I'm kind of slow on the jump because I just found out about this recently, and it's really, really good. Yeah, it's great. And 
when Zara and I first met each other years ago, I was obsessed with another Sufjan Stevens album, which I think was Illinois at that point. Yeah, and that was I like remember right that. Time we met. Yeah, you're the yeah. one who introduced me to Sufjan Stevens. Yeah, I had, I had I. It's probably because I had a Sufjan Stevens T-shirt, the green Illinois T-shirt, and it yes. was like one of my it was one of my three T-shirts in rotation. <laughs> I just wore it all the time. Yeah, but this album's really, really good. It's 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 beautiful. So yeah, that's the second plug for it on this podcast, I guess. Then yeah, good taste. Deepu in cahoots. That wasn't a no fear Sufjan Stevens t-shirt. Yeah, that was no. not a no fear. <laughs> <laughs> second place is the first guy that plays thirty instruments. Sufjan Stevens, no fear. Um, so Corey, where can uh, people find you on the internet? You can find me at at Corey Cavan. That's C O R Y C A V I N, uh, and that's all my stuff. Uh, I also host a show called Great Times, which is a stand-up show in New York, and that's on Instagram at Great Times Show, um, and host another show, which is a really fun show. It's a music video comedy show where we just watch music videos and make jokes about them, um, and then we get the audience to rate them, kind of like you guys do on this podcast, and um, that is called, that's at awfuldj.com. Uh, another host, another guy that was on your podcast, Josh Lay. Yeah. I do that show with him. Friend, oh, of, friend of the show. Friend, friend of, the, of show. the show, Josh Lay. <laughs> Deepu. Oh, uh, you can find me on the old Instagram at VP Murdy. And then uh, you can also find me at Steel City Improv Theater, where I'm currently about to produce a show of monologues inspired by Dave Matthews Band songs. Oh, my God. So it's like the oh, vagina man. monologues, except replace vaginas with Dave Matthews, which I think should be a smash that. hit. <laughs> I hope that the beginning of it just starts out with just a thing that says he wakes up in the morning and then it cuts into ants marching. Right. Oh, that's really good. He I was going to open with the morning. <laughs> I was going to open with so much to say because it's monologues. Oh, that's a good one, too. That's but it's just one. like that's, every that's Dave Matthews better. band song works. That's great. Yeah, it's true. They all do. <laughs> Crash into Deepu. <laughs> I wish. I'm lonely. <laughs> Zara? Um, you can find me on Twitter at ZaraFS. And you can watch the show that I work on on Bravo. Watch What Happens Live, Sunday through Thursday nights, live at 11. You want to plug your Instagram, Zara? Oh, I don't know. if It's not ready yet. Okay. It's Instagram's ready. coming. <laughs> It's, this is Do you want to plug another Instagram? Just a different one? No. One that you enjoy following? And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BB Werner and my comedy history project laughing historically on YouTube and Instagram and Apple Podcasts and Anchor and everywhere else at laughing historically. And if you like this show, please, please, please rate and subscribe to Totes Fiends wherever your podcasts are found. Stitcher, iTunes, we're there. And you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for updates on all future episodes at Totes Faves. And this week in our Apple Podcast Review section, why don't you tell us what's the weirder thing that came from Scandinavia? Troll dolls or Bjork? So write a review, give us five stars, and let us know. Has she made an outfit made out of troll dolls? Could you um, find Bjork inside a Kinder Egg? <laughs> <laughs> I bet she's in one. 